I'm Jason Colvin. I'm D. Graves. Give us five minutes. And we will give you the fire. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Surely You Can't Be Serious podcast special edition, Five Minutes of Fire. We are here talking about the lyrics of We Didn't Start the Fire by Billy Joel. We're covering only five minutes at a time, which is about the length of the song, so it works out kind of nicely. So please join us as we dive into some new lyrics today. All right, guys, so here are the topics that we're going to be covering today. Little Rock. Pasternak. Mickey Mantle. Jason, what can you tell me about Little Rock, Arkansas? I feel like I'm stealing this one from you. That's all right. This is about the Little Rock Nine, which were a group of black students that enrolled at Little Rock Central High School in 1957. On May 17, 1954, the U.S. Supreme Court issued a historic Brown versus Board of Education that declared all laws establishing segregated schools as unconstitutional. So by 1957, there were nine black students that had been selected by the NAACP to enroll at Central High School in Little Rock. Governor Orville Faubus called out the National Guard to prevent these students from enrolling. Fabus claimed that the white supremacists were on their way and he was just watching out for their safety. Well, that caused Dwight Eisenhower to get involved and said, you guys get out of the way because these students can enroll. And so that began the integration of schools in Little Rock, Arkansas. Okay, D. Tell me about Pasternak. Okay, so Pasternak refers to Boris Pasternak, who was a poet in the Soviet Union. His family was from Russia. His father was actually a great painter, illustrator for Leo Tolstoy novels. They were high society, hung out with Rachmaninoff and other kind of elites of the day. But ultimately, the revolution happened, and he at the time thought it would be a good idea. But his family soon realized that the elites were not well regarded there in the Soviet Union anymore and his mother and sisters went to Germany for um, some medical procedure and decided not to return. He and his brother, who was an architect, however, stayed. But as you may or may not know, it was tough to be an intellectual, an elite, and a literary person in the Soviet Union back in those days. And so this novel that he had been working on for probably 40 years at the time called Dr. Zhivago, which he believed was completely in line with what happened during the Russian Revolution, was not well regarded by the literary elite that the Soviets had working for them, and they refused to publish it. Well, then he gets a knock at the door, and the Italian Communist Society says, hey, we'd love to publish your novel in Italian. And brilliant Pasternak says, well, that's perfect, because if you publish it, then the Soviets will see how great it is, and they will welcome me with open arms. He could not have been more wrong. The novel gets published. The Soviet Union does everything it can to stop it from getting published, but it still ultimately comes out. It is not in line with what their version of history is, and so that upsets them. But ultimately, he wins the Nobel Prize for it. He's asked to come out to Germany to accept his Nobel Prize, and the powers in the Soviet Union say, if you go, you better buy a one-way ticket. So he does not go. So then a cartoonist creates a cartoon that has two Siberian prisoners, and one of them says, I won the Nobel Prize. What are you in prison for? (laughs) (laughs) He wins the Pulitzer Prize for that cartoon the next year. Oh, wow. Yeah. So Pasternak has a friend who is a writer who is arrested for his views. He turns into Apostle Peter and says, I don't know this guy. I don't know this guy. Please, I don't know this guy. Please. He's terrified. And he makes such a fuss about it that Stalin actually calls him on the phone and says, what are you freaking out about? And he's like, please don't do anything to me about it. He's like, dude, be a man. Stand up for your friend. And hangs up the phone on him. 
Wow. He is reported to have been on a death list, but Stalin thought he was just such an imbecile that he took him off the list because he thought he was an idiot. So ultimately, the book becomes a movie in the United States, a very famous movie starring Omar Sharif. And the CIA and MI6 order thousands of copies to be distributed as a way of propaganda. Wow. What have you got for me on Mickey Mantle? Can you see how... These uh, lined up for me uh, here. Pretty tricky how you did this. <laughs> I wonder how we got out of order earlier. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so Mickey Mantle, big number seven for the New York Yankees. Baseball player. I'm going to get that out of the way. Yeah. AKA the Mick or the Commerce Comet. Played his entire career with the New York Yankees from 1951 to 1968. This was my dad's favorite baseball player. I was almost named Mickey in honor of him. <laughs> wow. Widely considered to be the best of the hitters and fielders and overall athletes of the time. Born in Oklahoma, his dad trained him every day to switch hit and would get mad at him if they were playing like a pickup game. If he saw his son and the guy he was facing was pitching right-handed and he, he didn't switch hit and his dad caught him, big trouble. He hit for power and average from both sides of the plate, was a 16-time All-Star, seven-time World Series champ, a three-times AL MVP. He won the Triple Crown in 1956, and that's a major thing. Best average, most home runs, and most RBIs for the entire season. Also known for the 1961 home run chase. I don't know if you saw that movie by Billy Crystal called 61 where Roger Maris actually bested him by hitting 61 homers in 1961. Mantle finished with only 52. Known for his winning personality, fast living, hard drinking, and infidelities. Died of liver failure due to alcoholism in 1995. I always feel a little bit awkward about that when I'm having a beer at Mickey Mantle's here in Oklahoma City. <laughs> <laughs> okay guys, that does it for today's episode. Join us next time for 5 Minutes of Fire. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.